Hello, Tune In listeners. You are listening to Tune In. It's radio for your mind, body, and soul. I'm your host, Keila Parkinson, and you are listening to us talk as we do every week about mindfulness in all the forms. And we are going to be talking about some topics that you might have heard us mention more recently. Some some different people that you've maybe heard on the show before and some concepts you've heard on the show and then some things that we haven't addressed yet because that's always really, really fun. And what we're really going to talk about today is chiropractic care and functional medicine in a form that you may not think of when you think of chiropractic care. So that's why we're saying this episode is about it's not your parents' chiro. And to help us talk about that from TLC Chiropractic and Wellness, please help me welcome Tracy L. Curtis. Tracy, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. It's really fun to have you here today, especially because you work so closely with Lori at Healing Arts Valpo, and we had her on as a guest recently as well. We heard all about some of the great changes that are happening there and some of the amazing services. So if you're a listener and you're catching us for the first time and you want to check out the on-demand listening at our podcast version, you can find that at anchor.fm slash tune in mindful radio, and you'll just look for the show with Lori and Healing Arts Valpo, and you'll hear all about that great organization that's right here in Valparaiso, Indiana, which is our broadcasting range. And Tracy is the chiropractor there at Healing Arts Valpo. And her her business is actually like what a sister business to Healing Arts yep. Valpo, right? Like right installed inside. And that is TLC Chiropractic and Wellness. And so the traditional adjustments we think of, let's just walk through. Tracy, tell us what do people think of when they think of traditional stereotypical chiropractic care? You know, I think most people still think about getting their back cracked. Yeah. <laughs> they kind of think my back hurts, my neck hurts. Uh, yeah. and, and a lot of people then also think, I don't really want any cracking. Yeah, <laughs> right. So, you know, people kind of go one way or the other. They either love that or they <laughs> don't want that at all. Right, yeah. And it's interesting because I think some people, like, love it, and then they're either, like, oh, and now I'm having some side effect from it that I didn't expect. Maybe I've done it too much or I loved it for years and then I had one that was really bad and nothing was ever right again. Like there's a lot of these kinds of stories that I've heard through the decades of knowing people who are getting chiropractic adjustments in this traditional format. So why don't you tell us a little bit about like why that's a stereotype, where it started as best as you want to give us that history and then how what you do at TLC is different. Yeah, yeah. Um... So, you know, I think chiropractors and chiropractic as a profession has learned a lot about itself Mm. uh, in the past 50 years or so. Um, The profession is is not new, but in its infancy, uh, around the the turn of the century, um, the idea was let's move bones into place so the joints can function properly and people are going to feel better and move better which is very simple. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I think that was the understanding. And out of that came the idea of moving a joint and it makes a popping sound and now things are better. But uh, like I said, chiropractic's grown a lot. And we now as a profession, and I think as doctors, understand that we are really communicating with the nerves in the joint. We're really mm-hmm. communicating with the nervous system and joints don't move very much. A healthy joint, uh, or even a, a slightly unhealthy joint, doesn't actually move all that much. Mm. And what you're really trying to do is help the all the little soft tissues around the joints 
the muscles and the tendons and the ligaments all of that relax enough to allow proper movement and the nerve that lives in there can also then relax now you've got communication is what you're really dealing with because that nerve is communicating between the brain and the body the body back to the brain yeah so when you kind of think more broadly in that way you realize why would i shove and push and create cracking uh, and all the, why would I think about it that way? Because that actually doesn't really make a lot of sense. Right. That being said, when you move a joint, sometimes um, some air is going to be released because the joint wasn't moving and there's going to be a popping sound. And okay. that's fine. Right. Right. That is not the sound of bone moving on bone. Mm-hmm. That is not actually a crack. Uh, it's just some gases being released from a joint that was stuck and now it's moving. Um, so sometimes that's going to happen regardless. But it's not because we're pushing bones around. That's a very different kind of thought process. Yeah, that's interesting to think of it that way. And it kind of makes sense because so many people I know who work in the chiropractic field are so holistic. Some of the most holistic thinkers of medical practitioners, right? And it makes a lot of sense when you talk about this, that you've been working with the skeletal system and the connective tissues and nerves and and everything, you know, in this holistic sense through the whole human body, right? Like you're not specialized in, you know, the chest area, you're not specialized in the digestive organs, right? You're, you're specialized in all the places that that bone has connected to, which is the whole human body. And so to look at the relationship you have, and I love this phrase of communication between the body systems. um, And that's really great because it really seems like that is what has happened as chiropractic care has evolved, that a lot of practitioners has become, have become very holistic. And you yourself have become very holistic, offering additional services to just the regular chiropractic adjustments, even as those adjustments have evolved. Yeah. I, I don't think I could be, a, I, I guess what you would think of as like a standard chiropractor. Mm-hmm. I don't think I could do that if, if I had to. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'm hired that way. <laughs> I, 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 um, I discovered chiropractic as a patient, as a child. Um, when it became legal in Louisiana and after 1976, which is probably probably a lot of people, Louisiana was the last state to legalize chiropractic in 1976, which seems like a long time ago if you were born after that, but not to me because I wasn't. Yeah. (laughs) For some of us who are a little older, that's not that long ago. Yeah. Right. Um, And and chiropractic (laughs) at that point was very much what we think of as traditional um, whack them and crack them. Yeah. Kind of the jokes, right, right. right. Uh, <laughs> uh, and, and honestly, uh, you know, I can adjust that way. I can move things up. That's fun. Like, yeah. you're all trained to do that kind of adjusting, and it's fabulous, and it can be fantastic for a lot of people. But there are just so many other ways to get there. Um, and so I have been adjusted all of my, my life since childhood, and a lot of it was very traditional chiropractic. And I'm now in my, my mid-50s. And I uh, am very careful who I let adjust me, how I get adjusted. I'm very conscious of the kind of body work that I receive. And I became a chiropractor at 50. So it took me a long time to kind of decide I was ready to take it on. And chiropractic had evolved to a point where I wanted to learn it. And by then, I'd already been kind of peripherally um, uh, um, in the area of functional movement mm-hmm. uh, it was never my full-time thing okay um, but I, I had been a yoga teacher and I've been a yoga therapist and, and uh, people were starting to show up to me from chiropractors and I was starting to see 
therapeutic uh, applications of what I was doing in my 30s and 40s. This was just always like my side gig. I did it because I loved it. I was okay. passionate about it. And it was kind of easy to talk to people about the body and people got better. Yeah. Um, so for me, in my mid-40s, I, I had people showing up and asking me why I wasn't a chiropractor and I was ready for a big career change. Yeah. And I obviously, I believe in chiropractic. Um, and I had had years and years and years of adjustment. I also had, I have some, uh, an old low back injury. I mm. have some neck issues. I've had whiplash. Mm. Uh, I was very physically active as I was a ballet dancer and a modern dancer and I've shown horses and I'm a rock Wow, climber, yeah. And, uh, That's so a lot. I was very physically active, but I also wasn't pain free. Right. And, and getting adjusted regularly in a kind of traditional way didn't solve all my problems. Yeah. And one of the interesting things for me is I figured out in my 40s, I, I moved. I, I sold everything and moved uh, to the middle of the country from the Portland, Oregon area and decided to start over. And so I didn't have a chiropractor for a while. And my back pain kind of got better. Oh, interesting. I had been going to chiropractors every few weeks for many, many, many years. And yeah. for a while, I wasn't able to get into anybody and I kind of mm -hmm. felt better. Huh. And, and I had a very strong yoga practice. I was, again, very physically active. Uh, but I started really questioning, huh, why do I feel yeah. better? And and it really caused me to kind of do a deep dive into the mental, emotional aspects of pain and movement issues into, um, yeah, I think neuroplasticity is kind of a big thing right now. But I, this was, you know, Long enough ago that neuroplasticity wasn't really a term we were right. throwing around. You can just go grab a book on neuroplasticity. Right. But that's definitely the direction I was heading. Um, and so all of that converged for me around the time I somebody asked me why I wasn't a chiropractor. And I was like, because mm, I haven't done it yet, but I'm ready. Okay. Now, now I'm going to go do it. And it very much when I, so for me starting, when I started at that point, I I had a very different worldview on chiropractic and what it could do. And I had questions. Boy, did I have questions. And what I landed in was the soup of, wow, here are some really different ways to approach chiropractic. And I yeah. knew immediately I was going to be a very different kind of doctor. Yeah. Um, than I could have been if, I, if I'd if i gone to school at 25. I would have kind of done what I was taught. Right. It would have been very different. And I, I would have been a much more standard doctor. And that was just never my pathway. That's so fascinating. And you also have said a phrase that I've never heard before. So I'm definitely fixating and fascinated on that. And that is <laughs> yoga therapist. Can you want to tell us what that is and, and how that how that informs what <laughs> yeah. you do now? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. For, for me, it was very much kind of a self-taught pathway, but I kind of tend to obsess about, you know, I, I, I pick something, I become kind of obsessive about it. Like I want to know everything there is yeah. to know about something. And I do a really deep dive and that spins off all kind of other stuff. So for me, um, yoga practice was certainly my foundation, my movement foundation. It was a little bit of a spiritual practice. It was a little bit of everything. But for people showing up to my classes, it was very much, wow, look at the diversity of the people showing up. And each one of them has kind of a focus and a thing that they're showing up for in a specific need. And how do I help them get where they want to go? And boy, everybody moves differently, but yeah. I need to find a pathway in for each of these people mm -hmm. into the practice, given that this is the body they have, mm -hmm. this is the life experience they have, and how they get into the practice is probably going to be very different than the person who's on the mat next to them. Yeah. That's how my brain works. Yeah. So, in, it, so, so what I found was, let's work on shoulders. Let's, let's talk about all the things that are attached to shoulders. Let's figure out your shoulder moves this way, your shoulder moves yeah. that way. Your shoulder pain's about this. Yours is about that, Ooh. right? 
I don't need to know all of that about you, but I need to help you figure some of that stuff out and mm -hmm. find a way in. So let's talk about mobilizing joints, moving joints. Let's talk about all the different, wow, why is that an emotional trigger? Yeah. How did, when did that start? What's the history of this and that? So that oh, very much makes movement. And for me, movement, the, 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 I, I just am so deeply grounded in yoga type movements yeah. that it became, it was much more about, oh, we're dealing with frozen shoulder. Uh -huh. Okay. Okay. Here are all the different movements we can do. Here's, here's some really gentle yoga movements, but then let's really unpack this and yeah. what, what, you know, what's a shoulder, frozen shoulder about? Yeah. Uh, and so that for me became more about, we're not just like, I'm not just leading a yoga class. Let's work on shoulders today. Let's spend an hour working on shoulders and, and really working through all the different, everything that comes up with shoulders that made it a therapy practice. And that yeah. was just me exploring and, and working through my, some of my own stuff and figuring out that, um, if we spend a little time and energy and I really listen, if I really listen to what people are telling me when they come to the door and they say, this is my thing, here's what I want to work on. Um, I had a lot of information in my head and in my own body about how to help them. And yeah. they were, you know, people were getting better. And so at that point I was like, oh, I think I have a therapy practice and it's yeah. kind of based yoga. So this is, a, this is yoga therapy. I uh, love that. Yeah, that's kind of how it evolved for me. That is really, really neat. And um, that process sounds probably like exactly what you do like on the table now, one-to-one -one yeah. with an individual. So how fun. Yeah. That's yeah, great. It, it's really fun. And uh, I, I, uh, my, my career background before I became any kind of therapist uh, or doctor, uh, I, I, I worked in education. Okay. I worked uh, with teachers. I worked with paraeducational professionals. Uh -huh. I worked with families. I worked with individuals. Uh, I'm very much an educator. Yeah, that's an great. I'm a coach. I'm a guide. My my thought process and what I usually tell people when they they end up on my table and in my room is I'm the guide. Uh, it's my job to listen really really well. Yeah. Pay attention to what I'm seeing, to interpret the signs, and to work with you to find a pathway to where you're trying to get to. I'm just the guide. If I read the signs well, if I listen to you, you and your body are going to tell me what you need. And it's my job to reflect that back, to keep checking in and to follow those signs and to help you do the work. So I, and, and I, I, I knew that as I graduated, I knew that as a brand new doctor, very, uh, not sure of what I was doing yet in the world. <laughs> yeah. And now I'm about five years in, which Great. is, you know, not a lifetime of experience as a doctor. And I recognize that. But I stand by that. I'm just the guide and I need to listen. Oh, that's and, beautiful. You know, if something hurts, then I need to figure out why. Why does that keep going in that direction? What What's attached to it? Mm -hmm. What does that mean? Right? And that's kind of how I talk to my patients and that's how we work together. I, you know, I wish I could find, and I'm sure that there are people in this area that I just haven't met yet, but I wish I could find a general practitioner who has that exact mindset, right? And then has that permission and freedom to follow through in their practice, regardless of all the industry standards that are there that yeah. are not necessarily yeah. patient first, correct? Right, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and I, I figured out pretty early on, I wanted to take, uh, I, I run a, it's a small boutique practice, it's uh -huh. just me. Yeah. I like it that way, I spend a yes. lot of time with my patients. Um, 
but they're practice members, they're not patients for me. People who come okay. to my practice are practice members. Okay. We're all in this together. Nice. I'm the guide. I'm supposed to know what I'm doing to be knowledgeable. I have uh-huh. a high degree of accountability yeah. and responsibility. Good. And I stand by that. But you're in the body. And <clears throat> yes. That means you know some things. And I, I, I don't uh, expect you to give me the answers, right? I expect that you're coming in because I, I, I should be able to help you and I should know some things and be a, a consummate professional. Yeah. But tell me what's going on with you. Let me help you, right? It's my job to listen. I can't help you if I don't listen to you first. Because you're, and most people are going to tell you what's going on. I, right. I, maybe not in words. Oh, you're uh-huh. Gonna show me, you're going to answer. You're going right. to unconsciously touch something. And I'm going to, and my brain is going to go, aha. Uh-huh. Good. That's you know great. Exactly what, you're not, maybe not even aware of what right. you just did. You just told me where to go next. Yeah. Right? So that's how I, yeah, that's how I work. That's, that's really, really cool. And I, you know, I'm noting how many times you have said, I listen, I really listen, if I really listen, right? That's such a wonderful thing to hear you say over and over again, because it is so, so important to the doctor-patient relationship. Yeah, and well, it's not about me. It is, I mean, I'm, and I'm a talker, I'm an educator, I get that. I, uh, uh, but, but I also, you know, sometimes I need to just shut up and I need to just watch my patient yeah. and listen. Yeah. And that's really important to me. And honestly, the way I've created my practice, and it's very much an evolving practice, this is a practice I wish I could have found yeah. when I was just a patient Beautiful. and and had a sense of what I wanted but didn't know how to get there. Um, so I, what I am doing is creating the practice that I want for myself as a practice member or patient as well. That's beautiful. You are listening to our conversation with Tracy L. Curtis, who is a... A chiropractic doctor and or doctor of chiropractic, I believe it is. And she is with TLC Cairo and Wellness here in Valparaiso, Indiana. And we are broadcasting on WVLP 103.1 FM. You can reach the station directly in US 011-219-4769000 if you would like to ask questions of our show, interact, learn more about the station and the community. Tune in is underwritten in part by Interfaith Ministry Services, LLC. Reverend Dr. Rhonda Shenley officiates weddings, celebrations of life, and sacred ceremonies in Northwest Indiana and Southwest Michigan while honoring your wishes and spiritual beliefs. Learn more about her wedding packages and sacred ceremonies at interfaithministryservices.com for healing the spirit and empowering the soul. I'm Keila Parkinson. I'm your host of Tune In. It's radio for your mind, body, and soul. And we are talking with Tracy Curtis about chiropractic care and how it has evolved through the years and I didn't even realize it wasn't even legal all over the country until as recently as 1976 right so that's 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 pretty crazy that's like 50 years what is that (laughs) that's not that long right that's pretty crazy and um and then in that time frame there has been so much information about treating the body in this holistic kind of way so it's very forward thinking as a practice. And Tracy has come into this with this wonderful background you've just given us and this wonderful sense of really connecting to people in the way that you have continuously. And I love somebody who's come into, oh, this is my path that I've been doing all along, right? Like uh, later in life kind of career that blossoms and, you've, and you're just like, oh, this is, I'm flowering into who I really am. That's what I see from you. And I find that just great. And so I just say kudos, thank you. This is wonderful. And you're also a great example for us as well as an aide here in Northwest Indiana in our community. And I've got questions for you again, because it's making me think about like, you know, you've talked to us about someone maybe unconsciously touching someplace on their body and you being able to explore. So give us some anecdotes, you know, of course, without giving away names, but what are some types of things you have seen and ways you've been able to help people in this now evolved version of chiropractic? 
Um, an example that often comes into my mind of an interesting um, kind of case is, um, and it, I think it's a good example because uh, it, it, this kind of thing happens fairly frequently, at least in, in, in my office. Um, so I have someone who came in with low back pain, mm. pretty typical, a lot, a lot of low back pain, probably 70% of the population at any one point yeah, in got... another house low back pain. Yeah. Low back pain is interesting because if you look at it on a, a low back on an x-ray uh, for somebody who has low back pain, you may or may not see structural issues. Okay. Um, the x-ray might look like, oh, that doesn't look so hot, right? Uh-huh. But it could look just fine, too. Right. Um, and there isn't necessarily always a strong correlation. Yeah. Um, which kind of leads you to think, huh, maybe there's more to low back pain than meets the eye. Maybe yes. Oh, my gosh. You know, yeah. It's <laughs> just one thing. So, uh, and my brain always kind of goes there. Because as far as I'm concerned, you, you know, what we're experiencing physically is kind of the manifestation of a number of different things, which could be the effects of repetitive stress, motion issues. It could be an accident or a trauma. Um, It can be mental, emotional, and it can be all of the above. Yes, right, right, right. Combination. We are always a combination of, of, um, or or we we are physically like the end product of everything we experience. Yes, that's a great Um, way to put that. So somebody comes in with low back pain. Um, and the example I'm thinking of, the person came in with some low back pain, walked out without low back pain, and I did not adjust the low back. Okay. Didn't end up really doing anything with this individual's low back. Um, and so my adjustment process allows me to um, kind of gently take a look at all the different connected parts of a human or being and talk to them through so pain's over here okay all right well let's see what's going on all right and tell me a little bit about when it's a conversation when, when and i'm watching the right the person on the table while i'm talking to them and, and questioning when did this start what was going on um has it happened before kind of typical questions you want to know of a human right, right. when they, they present to you whatever it is um what in this particular example uh, we found a shoulder issue. Ah. The person was able to tell me exactly when it started, what it was, and identified as a shoulder issue as we talked through the low back pain and the history of it. Uh, like most people, this person had had low back pain before, kind of came and, came and went. There were some patterns to it, and we, we talked it through a little bit. Um, and as we're talking through, I'm doing some gentle muscle work and I'm kind of feeling around. This is how I work. I'm pushing here and I'm pushing a little bit over there and I'm looking for some trigger points over here. And I'm checking this acupuncture meridian because I, I do uh-huh. some acupressure. I'm okay. checking some meridians and I'm, I'm watching how uh, the person is breathing and moving on the table as we're talking through this and I'm feeling what's going on. And so what we ended up with was a shoulder issue, a gentle shoulder adjustment, and the back pain released. And oh. that's that. Wow, uh, yeah. That's not typical, but it's also not particularly unusual. Right. Because everything's connected. 
Right. And um, so, like, let's walk people through that. Listeners who are like, well, I don't get how that yeah. would work. Like, tell, yeah. tell them physiologically yeah. how well, that works. It, it depends on uh, the, the explanation you would get for something like this is very dependent on the doctor. Right? Okay. <laughs> Some of us are very into muscle works. And right. The, the, the origination is here and the attachment's there. Right, right, right. That way. And so we're very structural. We're very, we're very focused on the anatomy. Um, I... I'm not. <laughs> I love I mean, it. I know the yeah, right. I, I need to, and it's important. And I can tell you what this yes. muscle. There are 17 muscles attached to a shoulder blade. That's uh-huh. a lot of muscles, yeah. right? There's a lot of room for error in there. There's also a lot of room for things to, um, for bigger muscles to compensate for smaller right, muscles. Right. All of that kind of stuff. Well, most people are going to kind of like their eyes are going to glaze over if you start talking about all of that. <laughs> okay. They just want you to help them get out of pain, right? Uh-huh, right. Um, and we don't need to talk to all of that necessarily. And as a doctor, I, that's not how I work. I'm, I, I really am interested in, well, so when you move it that way, it hurts. Okay, where does it hurt when you move it that way? What if you move it this way? Uh-huh. What about with the other shoulder? I'm going to push up right. something over here. Does that uh-huh. hurt? No. Okay, what about over here? I, my brain is, is constantly going through a process of well it could be this one let's try that out no okay what about that one down there oh but it's got one over here what about this one like so i'm constantly working on variables and possibilities and as i do i'm questioning and i'm kind of pushing on things generally i think and i've had patients tell me this before as a doctor i think with my hands oh wait that's always been that way okay my life it took a patient telling me that for me to kind of go, oh, oh you're right. I think with my hands, <laughs> you're just exploring. my hands will get yeah. there first. Yeah. <laughs> and then my brain will catch up. Okay. If you want me to back out of it and give you the data and give you the rationale, yeah. I can do that. But that's yeah. very challenging for me because I'm already there. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Um, generally speaking, I'm going to just have a... I'm sure it's an educated sense of what's going on. I mean, I know the muscles and where they're attached. So usually I'll push them a couple spots and I'm going to go right to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the person on my table is going to go, holy cow, how did you know that hurt? I didn't know that hurt. Uh-huh. And, and, I, and I, then I'm going to go, I can walk you back through how my brain got there. Right. Or <laughs> we can just kind of go, that muscle's attached to this other muscle that's attached to this other one. Right. Where the problem that you've been yeah. that brought you in is. Yeah. And so when I push on it, we, we just verified that. Right. So yeah. My, so my explanation doesn't get a lot more complicated than that. So now I got now like, okay, there's the pain. All right. It's the explanation. Scientific explanation is probably it's referred pain coming from right. this muscle. That exactly. That nerve, the da, 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 yeah. And the overcompensation. <laughs> Um, so what, what is that muscles move joints? So what that tells me is, huh, I got a muscle issue over here and it's maybe referring from a joint or maybe it's referring to a joint. One or the other is causing the problem. Yeah. That would be how I get through that sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So I love that because, you know, you're, you do have to look at like the whole system and like how it's connected. Right. And how how it is very individualized. So your story, like maybe think of my husband actually had 
lots of low back pain for years and years and years. And uh, finally said, you know, I can't do this anymore. I'm pushing 50. I'm going to consult with a surgeon. And I was like, because you want surgery? Like what other outcome is consulting with the surgeon, you know? And he was like, oh, no, I just want to find out if I need surgery. And I was like, I'm pretty sure a surgeon's got to look at anybody's back with back pain and either decide either there is nothing to repair and then you don't need surgery. Or if there's anything to repair, then how do I do the surgery? You know, like, and I was like, and if there is something because he had had a back injury in adolescence that he knew hadn't healed correctly. And I was like, you've probably been living with something that has then gotten worse in some ways if that's when this started. So you're going to get surgery now, right? And he was just like, oh, I don't know about that. So he went, I don't, I actually, I wish I knew. I don't know the name of the surgeon that he consulted with because he just does all his own medical stuff, whatever he wants. And and so, um, yeah, we don't do, we don't do that. Like we have a family doctor thing. The kids and I have a family doctor, but, um, yeah. So, um, so he, you know, he said he really came to that conversation sharing all of that, being able to say like, okay, so my wife let me know, like, basically you're going to tell me how to have surgery. And he was like, this is what I really want to know. And I don't know that I want to go through the outcomes of surgery. So let's have the whole conversation. And whoever he spoke with, oops, I just dropped my notebook. Whoever he spoke with was so great about um, listening to that and being a, being a good listener and saying to him, well, if you don't want to have surgery, I'm probably going to tell you how and why. So I'll have all that conversation with you and then you'll do what you want with it. And then he was also great enough to say to my husband, like, you know, you're, you are overweight at this point in your life and you know, that's not making it better. So, you know, if you really want to avoid the surgery, come make these lifestyle changes first. And they had done all the MRIs and things they needed to do. And there was, it's like the opposite of what you were saying, but it, it correlates exactly to what you were really telling us about. Like sometimes there will be structural issues and then sometimes there won't, sometimes there will be, and you don't even see like the pain that you should be seeing, right? Because you learned yeah. it a little differently, but that was the actual outcome for my husband. He said, you know, after they had done the MRI, he came back to get all those results and have like the full rest of the conversation. And he had lost a bunch of weight and like was making a lot of different lifestyle changes and was saying like, hey, I'm really not feeling the pain that I was. You know, I think this must be fine. And the doctor was like, okay, I really thought we were going to have a very different conversation because you have one of the worst tears I've ever seen. And I can't believe that you're in a job where you have physical lifting because he's an engineer and um, he travels and he he does a lot of physical labor in addition to, right? Yeah. They have a lot of equipment to set up all the time. And so, and, and the doctor was amazed. And my husband was like, oh, really? You know, yeah. and he said, but if you're not having the pain anymore, I would say keep doing what you're doing and don't have the surgery. And I was really, really so happy that he actually consulted with a surgeon who said that. So it's exactly what you're saying, right? When you have somebody in practice who really will listen to you in that way and be more holistic with you, it's very helpful. And for you to be able to do this, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. there isn't always a direct correlation. Exactly. doesn't necessarily, um, it's not necessarily a good guide. Right. Pain is the last thing to show up and the first thing to go away when there's a problem. And let's talk about why that is. Tell me, tell me why that is. Tell us what pain is. To to turn on the pain signal. It doesn't want to. It's not going to do it, you know, until it has to. Because pain is like a red flag. Your body's saying, hey, (laughs) I can't adapt to this problem on my own anymore. I need help. Yes. And what happens with a lot of us and, and chronic pain, which is so common, is we generally are in very low-level pain. Most people would say, oh, I'm not in pain. It's just a little uncomfortable. Uh, that's that's uh-huh. just very low-level right. pain. Right, right. Oh, it doesn't hurt. It's just tight. That's pain. It is very low-level pain. And that yeah. kind of stuff we live with for years. We ignore it. 
and what happens is we tend to lose the lower registers of pain. So yes. on like a zero to ten scale or a one to ten scale, you kind of lo- you lose the like one to four, one to five area. Yes. Uh-huh. Stuff you tune out and ignore. Oh yeah, my neck's always stiff. Or right. You, yeah, it's a little tender every now and then. Right. right? But then. You know, that means something's wrong. Something's not going right and yeah. something's not moving properly. And maybe for years, right? And now you lean over and pick something up, something pops. Oh my God, now you're in an eight or a nine. Your neck is killing you. Yes. And now you go, you're, you're like, I need to go to a surgeon. Or I need to go to a chiropractor or physical therapy, whoever you choose to go to. Mm-hmm. Now you're in tremendous pain and it's not a quick fix. Right. Because you've actually been in chronic pain and ignoring it for years. And this yeah. is hum- this is human nature. Yeah. I do this with myself. Okay. I, I have to work on this. Myself. I love your admitting it. Yeah. <laughs> I know the process doesn't mean I, I right, right, right. You know, do the same thing to myself. It is kind of human nature. So don't beat yourself up. Yeah. That this is where you're at. But, you know, now something big's gone wrong. And now we've got to back out of the process. Yeah. And kind of start figuring out ways to get you moving again, to start reducing that pain and get you back into the one to four range. Because if you don't, if you're, you're, and your brain's been ignoring that for years, right? So we actually literally need to bring back those lower registers of oh. pain. What, so what happens for a lot of people, especially with chiropractic, and this is where as chiropractors, we need to be really good educators. We need to teach people how pain works and what's going on in yeah. your body. Good chiropractic care is not going to make you pain free. Very okay, quickly. that's important to it know. May, yeah, you may you may be like God. I was at an eight yesterday, and now I'm at a four. Fantastic. Right. We right. Fifty percent. Yeah. That's amazing. That's better than an ibuprofen, right? Right. But the if it's a, if it's an issue that's been going on for a long time, and now you're way up there on the scale, you're going to kind of gradually go down the scale if you keep working at it. You keep getting adjusted. You keep doing the body work. Maybe you need some massage. Maybe you need acupuncture. Maybe you need to be better hydrated because if you're dehydrated, your pain is going to be higher than if you're yeah. hydrated. There are all right. these things that factor in. Maybe you need to cut out some of that sugar because inflammation is going to drive up pain, right? There are all these things that factor in that chiropractors have running through our heads because we're educated to all of this. Um, so you come in and you're like, you're in an eight. And yeah. we get you down to a four. You're not pain-free. Right. So, but we've made 50% progress. We want to keep working on at that yeah. point because we need to work on those lower registers because what really we really need to be able to have your brain go, huh, I'm not very comfortable. Maybe it's a right. one or two. But you are consciously going, you know what? My neck feels stiff and tight. Oh, that's actually pain. It's really low-level pain, but I don't like that, and that's not good because now we have brought that back online, which means we can fix it. As long as your brain is ignoring that stuff and you're like, eh, it's just a little tight, whatever, you're ignoring the basic problem, you're ignoring the chronic issue, and you are going to be back at an 8 or a 9 at some point. Something's going to happen, or you're going to you know, come in and you're in pain, and you're like, wow, I can't hardly right. Right. And yeah. now you've got arthritis and you've got other stuff going on and mm-hmm. you can hardly move. And you're, you're, that chiropractor is going to be challenged to try to help you understand that it's been, you know, 20 years of neck pain. Right. We're not going to turn it off in a week or two. Right. It's going to take some work. You took a long time to get there. We're going to take some time. So, uh, yeah. So to answer, answer whatever question you'd originally <laughs> asked, right, with your husband and his, yeah. his story, right, there are chronic issues there. Those, you got to deal with the big stuff 
and then start dealing with the chronic stuff, right? Yeah. And most of us can't just like go retire to a desert island or a, a, a Caribbean <laughs> right, island. Right, change our lifestyles. Yeah, working. right. You know, my neck will never hurt again because right. all I'm doing is lifting my ties, right? <laughs> That's hilarious. I love it. You're listening to our conversation with Tracy Curtis on Tune In Radio for Your Mind, Body, and Soul. I'm your host, Keila Parkinson, and we are broadcasting on WVLP 103.1 FM. Today's show is underwritten in part by Kiki Productions, Inc. Communications Coaching, teaching exercises to help you cycle out of fight or flight in the moment. With a mission to create individual harmony to add peace to the world, Kiki Productions, Inc.'s philosophy is when you are confident, focused, and authentic with your message, you are a magnet to those you wish to attract. Find out how you can speak your truth with love at coachkiki.com or connect with Coach on Coach's Substack at substack.com for custom inbox goodies for all your human feelings. We're talking about all the human feelings of pain and that pain scale with Tracy Curtis. And we're talking about this concept of how pain is information that helps us communicate with our bodies. What I really got out of what you were saying was that great anecdote that you were sharing about, you know, working with somebody who's got the pain on an eight and you help reduce it to a four and then you help them understand the lower registers of their pain scale. It really, again, it's that conversation, that communication with the body, not just the body systems communicating, but also us communicating with our body and being listeners, as we've been talking about, right? Being listeners to our own bodies, being able to say, oh, pain, I love what you said here. Pain is a way, a red flag for our body saying, I need help, right? Oh, there's something I need help with. And I that's one thing I, th- I think is really interesting to correlate how it's so uniquely individual because we have different relationships with asking for help, with mm-hmm. with honoring that we need help, right? With l- allowing ourselves to be helpless or to be helped in general, right? Mm-hmm. So going to a doctor is something like, okay, I can do this, right? And, um, and it's a really great first step, but then also learning like, oh, when do I... When do I rest? When do I hydrate? When do I change, you know, that food craving that's a comfort food to something that may be healthier that that I have a different experience with initially, but a better, you know, experience with later. So I love that information. That's great. Yeah. Well, in that conversation, you know, I, about pain, pain is usually what brings people into a chiropractor's yeah. office. That's a great, um, that's a great place to start. In my office, that generally kind of leads down the rabbit hole a little bit. I bet. <laughs> um, and, and some of that is just probably my questioning process and my interest in the body. Um, and and I, I think pain, nobody wants to be in pain, right. but it is a great teacher and it's a guide and it helps you make changes. And if we were totally pain free, I don't think we'd have much to do as humans. Uh, I don't think right. pain is a great teacher per se, but okay. you know, in terms of structural issues and the kind of things that you go to a chiropractor to get adjusted, um, pain is, is there to help you make some significant changes in either yeah. how you're relating to your body, how you're using your body, how you're treating your body, um, or maybe, maybe how you think about your body. Um, and uh, difficult though that may be, it's good work. It's yeah. really good work. Um, and, and I don't think being pain-free is necessarily the be-all and end-all. Um, right. I don't see pain as always a negative. Um, I, I mean, if you think about it, a little tight, a little uncomfortable, uh, a little hot, a little cold. These are not horrible states right. to be in. But most human beings are at some point experiencing some kind of discomfort, which tells you, oh, maybe I need to put on a coat. Maybe right. Maybe turn heat up or down. Yeah. Maybe... Maybe I need a new chair. This office chair is not great. 
um, maybe it's time to cut out sugar for a while because yeah. I'm not, I'm feeling a little puffy and funky, right? Yeah. So these are, these are just, these are guideposts. And most pain, most of what people are experiencing are these lower registers that we tend to be ignoring until something big pops up. Yeah. Um, and I, I, you know, I, I think if the conversation about how to get where we want to go, be who we want to be, starts with my shoulder hurts or my back hurts, that's yeah. great. That's fine. That's yeah. fine. Um, you know, when I was teaching yoga, which I did on and off for many years, most people showed up to a class because they either wanted to lose weight or they wanted to be more flexible. They wanted to be fit. Mm -hmm. They wanted to look better. Right. That seems, some of that seems fairly superficial. Right. But sure. That, but we're humans and that's yeah. great. If that's what brought you in. Fantastic. I don't judge. It's a starting I, point. I just as yeah. Anybody else, right. right. Yeah. Um, you know, if what brings you into a chiropractor is I, okay, I, I've been putting it off for years yeah. and I just, you know, I'm not sure I like, I don't think I want to get cracked. Um, Somebody told me you don't really do that, that you uh -huh. do other stuff, and I can't stand this pain anymore. If that's what brings you in, awesome. Let's start there. Yeah. Um, well, let's yeah. talk about some of the other yeah. stuff. Let's talk about, like, that rabbit hole that you mentioned, right? Because yeah. not yeah. only do you do, like, the types of adjustment, but you also acupressure, you mentioned, and I know craniosacral yeah. therapy. Yeah. And so talk to us about these modalities and how you use them. Yeah. yeah. It's all about the tuning of the nervous system. Mm. You know, we chiropractors are are – experts at neuromusculoskeletal it's uh -huh. the nervous system the soft tissues the muscles and the skeleton it's how all of that intersects and interacts that's really that's what we're we're about um and the, the cool thing is because the neuro is in there yeah and the nervous system is your communication system it's kind of all about wiring and neural pathways yeah. for me that comes back to neuroplasticity Craniosacral therapy, very, very light touch. It's about as much pressure as you would put on your eye. And ever the educator, a lot of people that show up in my office for craniosacral therapy don't necessarily know what, what a, they, they've been sent. You know, somebody's referred them to me, and they're uh -huh. not really sure why they're here. Uh -huh. <laughs> you know, like, okay, I need to do this cranio thing. <laughs> right. They're bringing a baby in who's right. you know, okay, yeah. some, some structural issues from birth or, or whatever. And, and there, I, I don't, I was told this will help. I don't really know what it is. Right. So I always start off with some education. And so craniosacral therapy, acupressure, like different, different touch. But the idea is I'm communicating with your nervous system through touch so that your nervous system can figure out how to release some interference and restriction. Yeah. So communication goes better in your system. You adapt to change faster. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, you feel less tension. You're able to relax, move with greater ease, breathe with greater ease, heal with greater ease. Um, I, if you feel better, that's fantastic. But the idea is that I'm here to help you heal better. I love it if you also feel better. And they usually go hand in hand. Yeah but I really want you to heal better. So craniosacral, very, very light, light touch. The reason being, it's that touch like you put on your eye. How could that possibly help change yeah. anything? It doesn't even make sense if you don't know anything about it, right? <coughs> Why would you, okay, I feel you touching. You're <laughs> right. Light, light touch is what your brain <coughs> can feel very easily. 
ah. without making change. So if I push any harder, now I'm doing muscle work. Mm. Craniosacral therapy is not muscle work. Oh yeah, that makes I sense. Extremely light touch because all I want to do is send in information. Yeah. Touch only, yeah. sensation only. Your central nervous system is blind. It runs on sensation. Yeah. So if I am very, very, very light touch, two hands, I'm always top to bottom or side to side. Your okay. brain can compare one side oh, to the yeah. other, the top to the bottom, the front to the back. And in and, and uh, that very, very light touch, all it's getting is sensation. And now it is comparing sensation in one area with the correlating sensation <coughs> in the other area. Left bone, right bone, sensation only. Your brain is smart enough to go, well, those don't match. <laughs> that right. Oh. That left doesn't feel like the right, but I'm pretty happy with the right. Mm. I need to fix the left. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, that is craniosacral therapy in a nutshell. Uh, I love it's that. It's to the head. It's all the way down the spine. It's into the sacrum. It's that same light, light touch. And your brain is doing the work. I'm not fixing anything. I'm the guide, right? All I need to do is follow the pathway. Hmm, that feels a little tight. I'm going to hang out there until it relaxes. I'm, I'm going to give this a gentle little side-to-side -side motion until I feel it start moving well on its own, and then I'm moving away. Mm -hmm. I'm just hanging out. It's like watching paint dry, honestly. I'm <laughs> hanging out until something relaxes yeah. and I'm on to another area. Okay. It's a uh -huh. slow-moving, yeah. gentle practice. People fall asleep on the table. Yes. Babies get totally, they unfold out of oh, fetal position so and just totally cute. unwind and oh, relax. Oh, my goodness. Um, not all the time, but okay. that happens quite frequently, which is really amazing for the parents yeah. to watch the baby who's struggling, kind of just yeah. go, Oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. That is a that is just beautiful. I've been a recipient of CST. My body was like, obviously craving it. I'm like having a coffee fit while you're talking about it. My body's like, do this, do this, do this. <laughs> right? Yeah. Get more, get more. I, you know, um, I ha had taken my son between the ages of like five and seven a handful of times to get some as well. And it's so interesting because after like about his second or third session in the car on the way there, he would start twisting and stretching and just like his body was just like, here we go. He was getting all ready for it, you know, because he's very sensory seeking. And so he was mm -hmm. always all over the table, like practically going off the table, you know, just like really, really extra responding to like the light touch and just so adorable. And it was just such a great release for him. Yeah. So right. I can right. definitely attest, you know, as a, as a recipient of this, um, and it's something we also have talked about on the show. And it's such a great, great, I think it's a great modality. I find it to be really helpful. Um, yeah. And I think that that unwinding that happens, that physical, you know, with, with both acupuncture and with craniosacral therapy, my body gets those tingles. And the only other time I've ever had those tingles besides receiving those modalities is when I was pregnant. And so I just associate it with like a life force tingle, you know, just like I would wake up from naps and I would have these amazing tingles and I'd be like, Oh, I'm growing life, right? And it's just this cellular kind of response from my body. So what yeah. are other kinds of things that people have reported or you have experienced as a practitioner with this kind of response like that? Yeah, I, I find it really interesting because people will respond based on their comfort level, their knowledge level, and what feels right to them so yeah. everyone responds differently and i don't guide that or prescribe that at yeah. all i have some folks who really need to work through some stuff and we talk through and i, I tell them you know this isn't a library if you need to talk with me yes you right want to chat, Good. let's chat so i've got some folks and we just talk our way through well i'm really listening and paying attention while we're mm -hmm. chatting 
but I'm not particularly guiding it. So we're doing that work and for them, the release is information and they're talking through some stuff and they're figuring yeah. some things out. And that's fantastic. I've got other people that get very quiet and like just fall asleep and you can tell their system just needs to do some deep work. Yeah. And then yeah. I gotta climb back out. Right. Um, I bet there's great dream work that happens in that too for a lot yeah, of people. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, How cool! I mean, body twitching and, and all kind of things. Um, which I, I work with a lot of babies, and then the, um, you know, with with latching issues and, and uh-huh. issues, and, okay. and um, I've got. Uh, I occasionally will see a baby who's just struggling. You know, can't settle, doesn't want yeah. touch is difficult. Can't yeah. stand to hardly be touched. Yeah, and I'll put my fingers inside that baby's mouth. Uh huh. And all of a sudden, you this baby smiling and relaxing huh. and wow that's amazing that's what works for that baby yeah for another child in mouth nope don't okay. want you there don't yeah. touch my mouth don't i don't like it it doesn't feel good but you know i can put my hands on their low back or somewhere else mm-hmm. and they just totally run. everybody's so different yeah. right and yeah so th- again that leads me back to i just need to read the signs and be the guide and follow along your body whether you're you know 10 days old or a hundred, you know. Yeah. yeah. Listeners, once again, you are listening to WVLP 103.1 FM. This is Tune In. It's radio for your mind, body, and soul. I'm your host, Keila Parkinson, and we are talking with Tracy L. Curtis, Doctor of Chiropractic at TLC Chiropractic and Wellness. And that is TLCchirowellness.com, by the way. If you want to go to the website, learn more about the services there book some sessions and you can also find her directly through healing arts which is the location where she is is located in valpo and that would be healingartsvalpo.com so you can find tracy curtis there you can learn more about this you can learn more about her great bio and resume that she's been sharing with us and all this great stuff that's there um and you can go in and get some of this this interesting stuff this um the craniosacral therapy some exploration right um you also, I think, uh, do muscle work, uh, like the, the muscle testing. Is that correct? Like, tell us a little bit about that also, because we haven't touched on that yet. Yeah. Um, I do some muscle work and I do some muscle testing as well. Sometimes it's, it's interesting to be able to put a little physical stress into it, let's say into the pelvis, like just uh-huh. if, if somebody's got a pelvic imbalance, I might just put a, give a little push, um, and kind of put my finger somewhere and do a little push. At the same time, I'm doing a muscle test on their arm. Oh. Um, and that'll kind of confirm if there's a problem. Interesting, it, yeah. I, I only use it to confirm what I already think is going on. Okay. But, but what's interesting, and I, and I always explain to people what I'm doing so they, they yeah. kind of know, like, so I'm putting a little stress here where I think there's a problem. You can't live without a pelvis, so if there's a problem there and I put a little pressure in there, there is sensation. Your central nervous system yeah. goes, I feel you. Yeah. Oh, I've got a problem there. Yeah. So now I'm asking you to be strong with your arm at the same time, and okay. your arm goes weak. Yeah. Your arm didn't suddenly become weak. What happens is your brain says, i got a problem in the pelvis. That's a priority. I can't live without the pelvis. I need to fix that. I'm going to ignore the arm because I can live without right. the arm. So, right. So that's one of the examples of a muscle test that I'll do to just kind of confirm an issue yeah. is where I think it is. Um, sometimes I'm just asking questions and I'm doing you know neuromuscular testing because I want to ask some questions and I'm just kind of saying, huh, tell me, you know, body, yeah. <laughs> person on the table. Yeah. Are you, ha- you like, 
do we need to work over here? Do we need to work over there? Um, you know, are we having an issue, you know, with the left ear? And uh, Bonnie's got the nervous system's basically, like I said, it runs on sensation. It's yeah. got two modes. It'll give you a yes. It'll give you a no. Strong or weak. That's it. It's okay. that simple. Now you could get a really strong or a less strong or a really weak or a less. You can nuance that, but really, it's still a yes or a no, strong or weak. Yeah. So you can go directly to the nervous system, and just by pushing on an arm or or pushing on a strong or weak, strong or weak, and that really gets into kind of a different part of or a different aspect of of this type of treatment, which is really about frequency and it's about vibration you know protons neutrons electrons it's a stuff you learned in eighth grade science yeah right always moving around yeah yeah we all have polarity we all have vibrating cells inside our body the closer you look at them the less you see right yes lots of empty space yeah yeah so we can use that knowledge and kind of say well we know you're vibrating and you have frequency because of your life yeah, <laughs> right, exactly. My cells are vibrating too and come yeah. alive. They have frequency. So if I say, give me a strong no to you, I'm telling uh-huh. your nervous system to tell me no. Yeah. If I push on something, your arm is going to be strong. It's going okay. to be a no. Like say, give me a strong Because we're both vibrating. <clears throat> yeah. You know, and, and it's like, the way I explain that to people, because it can seem a little woo-woo and a little spooky to people who don't, uh-huh. like, okay, that just, I don't even understand, like, what does that even mean, right? Yeah. You know, I, I don't think anybody I've ever talked to has said no to this. You're standing in line at a grocery store and somebody's standing too close behind you. Uh-huh. Or in another store. Or have you ever had the sense of somebody looking at you across a crowded room? Most right. people have had that kind right. of sense. Well, how do you sense right. that? How exactly. You know? I love which that. Of your, which of your five senses are you right. using to figure that out? Oh, wait, none of them. Yeah, the sixth sense, right? Right. <laughs> So what does that mean? That means there is another sense that you have. That's your nervous system and that is your energy. If we we hook you up to an electrode and see how far out into the room you vibrate, your energy vibrates, it's coming from your heart. Your heart is a frequency generator. It's five to six feet. Oh, that's really cool. Okay. That's how far you extend. You can feel five to six feet away from you, which means if I am treating you, and I'm asking your arm to do something. I we are close to each other. We yes. are well within <clears throat> each other's vibrational field. Yeah. Just just molecules, folks. Right? It's a vibrational field. My field is affecting your field. Your field is affecting my field. If I am conscious of that, pay attention to that as a doctor. I'm very careful to stay mentally neutral. Yeah. To ask clear questions. I don't want to muck up your energy. Okay. Uh-huh. I need your body to give me good answers so that yeah. I can help your body tell me what it needs. That's really what that's all about. You know, so here's a question that I don't know if you want to answer, but like, do you have any like secrets that, you know, special things that you do for yourself to, to keep yourself in that neutral field? Do, like, I know a lot of people like um, maybe who are massage therapists or CST practitioners will like wash yeah. their hands, right? In a certain way. And like, and like also think of clearing the energy while they're doing that. Do you have anything like that that you also do? I do. Uh-huh. I, I have practices that are kind of my guiding practices uh-huh. that I've had and calibrated and recalibrated all of my life. Uh, because I was taught from an early age to manage my energy. Yeah, that's great. And that's amazing. So, so yeah, few people are. A with a family who was very, like, we meditated together. We did oh, cool. journey work together. We we were very woo-woo. That's I great. kind of went in the opposite direction. I'm very pragmatic. I'm not a very woo-woo kind of person. But huh. I understand the science behind it. Okay. I love quantum physics. Yeah. I get that. 
So I kind of put all that together. Cool. Um, I meditate every day. I start my day with a very clear intention of what my energy is going to be and how I'm going to approach people and what kind of benefit I'm going to be to the people who show up for care in my practice. That's great. It's very important to me that I am really healthy, really healing, and of benefit to everybody who shows up to me. Now, that doesn't mean I'm not sometimes feeling tired or under the weather, right? It doesn't mean I have to be perfect. Um, But it does mean that sometimes I need to get out of my own way. If I'm tired, I don't need to pass that on to the person who walks into my office (laughs) in pain if they just need to heal. I can kind of go, physically me, I'm a little tired today. Let's put that aside and let me just read the signs and do what I do. Uh, I, I can let my tired beast on a whole nother, it doesn't even matter. I'm not passing that on to you. That's so cool. I'm very clear in my yeah. intention as a practitioner. Um, and that doesn't mean that I don't sometimes get kind of wrung out. And it's been a long day. Sure. Maybe some people came in and, and I've had, you know, somebody come in who's who's draining for yes, me. Yes, right. Maybe, maybe they're really struggling, right? Yeah. And they need they, a lot they're of needy. energy. Yeah. They take all the energy right. I can give them. So for me as a practitioner, here's the thing. None of the energy that I am delivering to my patients is my energy. It's oh, not good for me. you. I'm not giving you my energy. Yeah. I don't need to, you don't need my energy. I'm, I'm, it's got to flow through me, right? It's got to, it's got to be bigger than me, better than yeah. you. don't want yeah, my yeah. energy. I need that energy to run me. Yeah. Oh, right? that's so what smart. What you want is clean, clear, healing energy from source. Whatever you think of as source, whatever feels like source for you, it, I'm not healing you, right? Um, and what that allows me to do as a practitioner is also get myself into a very clear headspace that, hey, I'm also benefiting from this. I am also being healed for this. This is coming through me. Nice. And I know that, that sounds kind of weird to some people. Not to me, yeah. Um, <laughs> right, for listeners. Know, <laughs> That's how most doctors work, right? We, right. We, we have the tools available to us. Yeah. But but unless you have a massive ego. <laughs> right, which some do. It isn't right. you, right? Right, And yeah. if it is me, then that means I'm depleting me and I have a yeah. limited That's right. amount of energy. To that is what me. happens, and yeah. And then I'm empty at the end of the day, yeah. and I don't want that. Um, I want to be really clear and really good and really strong, and I want to have energy left for me and my family and healing myself. Yeah. Dealing with my own stuff. I don't want you having to take, like, let, I'll deal with myself separately. You don't need to do with any of that. I just need to be clean and clear. That is so smart, Tracy. And that is just like something I think that so many practitioners really need to hear because a lot of people are there, they struggle with it in the beginning and they uh-huh. learn their little tips and tricks and what helps them. But for somebody to have that, energetic boundary like automatically and to be very clear on that that's so well put thank you for sharing that part with us also that was great I work at it I mean I I work at it I have days where I'm like well (laughs) yeah right that didn't go so well. Yeah. I'm getting emotionally invested and involved. Excuse me. I need to back out. Okay. That makes so much sense. Oh, my gosh. I love it. This has been such an amazing conversation. You've been listening to our conversation with Tracy L. Curtis. She is at TLC Chiropractic and Wellness. That's TLCChiroWellness.com. Right here in Valparaiso, Indiana, the Vale of Paradise, which is where WVLP is located. And you can find her from anywhere. And you can learn more about her services at that website. Tracy, thank you for talking to us today and teaching us so much there is to know about what has happened that in in not your parents Cairo. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for having me on. It's been really fun. Thanks so much and come back anytime and we'll see you later meditators.